Welcome back to the Shred Takes podcast show. I'm honored to have Ethan Samuels on the podcast today. He's a sophomore at Amherst College from Houston, Texas area. And we're going to talk about a bunch of different things um, within the Houston sports realm, talk about the Rockets, the Texans, and we're also going to talk about the Fernando Tatista contract, which is crazy. And, you know, talk a little bit about, again, if the Rockets should tank to even try to get a guy like Katie Cunningham who just, you know, unfortunately had a loss today, but he went, did go off. So we're going to talk all about that. Ethan, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk sports, specifically Houston sports. Should be a lot of fun. Awesome. So let's, let's start off with your Texans. So look, you guys have had a very interesting year and a half, right? You know, Deshaun Watson has a career year, but you guys go 4-12, and 12, primarily because Bill O'Brien decides to shift DeAndre Hopkins over to Arizona, where he had a great year. And Deshaun Watson wants out, right? It's pretty obvious he wants out. A lot of people are thinking that, you know, you should trade him and, you know, just live with Justin Fields as your quarterback. Talk a little bit about kind of that whole situation. Do you think Deshaun Watson is going to end up staying in Houston? Do you think that Justin Fields is the right situation for you guys? Kind of talk about all that stuff for just people who don't really understand the Houston person's mindset about this. Yeah, so I'm going to start, actually. I'm going to take it back to one specific time just so you can get the, the Houston person's take on this. So January 2019. I'm coming home, uh, break of my freshman year of college, uh, watching the Texans. We're in the playoffs. We're up 24 to zero on the Chiefs. Uh, Texans are looking great. We got DeAndre Hopkins. We got Deshaun Watson. Astros are coming off a World Series loss, but you know we're a dynasty. Uh, and the Rockets have won 13 in a row. Uh, all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. Texans lose that game. Astros get caught the next day cheating. Uh, and the Rockets kind of fall apart. So that's where it is. That's where I am as a Houston sports fan. You know, so quickly we're at the top of the world uh, and we've fallen off, you know, just rapidly. Uh, and so, yeah, on the Texans, on the Texans side, that is so difficult to watch. Uh, and it all comes down to just terrible ownership, terrible leadership. So our owner, Cal McNair, uh, total bum, okay? Doesn't know how to make any decisions for himself. Uh, he let Bill O'Brien step all over him, basically gave Bill O'Brien control of the team. Bill O'Brien ended up kicking out Rick Smith, who was a great GM, got us to Sean Watson, got us Hopkins, got us J.J. Watt. Uh, Bill O'Brien won that power struggle. Uh, and then he lets Bill O'Brien do whatever he wants with the team, ships away Hopkins in what might be the worst trade in football history uh, for David Johnson, you know, who's a washed up running back. Uh, so that's really disappointing. And then he flies in Jack Easterby, uh, who at the time was the culture coach for the Patriots, who has no football experience. Within a year, Easterby convinces McNair that he's, he's the prophet. He's the guy to lead the Texans through the future. Uh, so Easterby was our acting general manager last year, basically runs the entire team. The players hate him. Every player wants him out. Deshaun voiced his opinions that like, like this guy's got to get out. It's him or me. And then Cal McNair decides he's going to take Jack Easterby over to Sean Watson. Uh, it's ridiculous as a Houston fan, you know, it, it pisses me off to my core. Uh, and at this point, you know, I, I love Watson, uh, but the team has failed him over and over and over again. And I don't blame him at all for wanting out. Uh, and to be honest, like, I, I think he's going to sit out. I, I, he Texans or think he's bluffing. Uh, but I think he's going to sit out. And I think at this point, you know, 
you you got to do whatever you can to get enough value from him as you can. Yeah, the thing I would say about that too is I I think that's why you go into the draft because, and you know we'll see how Houston handles that obviously right based on everything you said you know you don't want to actually know if they're going to make the right decision, but the thing with them right is just that you know Deshaun Watson has a career year your team goes four and twelve right think about that right you know if guys have career years. Aaron Rodgers basically had a career year last year, right? His team was in the NFC Championship game with a chance to win, right? So looking at all that kind of stuff, I can definitely tell that that's frustrating for sure, right? That's a very frustrating situation. Now, segueing to a different point for me, uh, the Houston Rockets, right? The James Harden situation that happened was not handled by him, I think, very, very well. Um, I think that, you know, for guys who came in, wasn't handled very well. I think they luckily they moved past it. And I think that, look, Houston should look, I think, to rebuild. And I don't think that's the way they're looking at it. But I think that, look, Steven Silas, you got to give him a chance. He's been thrown into a very difficult situation. I think he generally knows basketball. He's been around Rick Carlisle for a while. So I think he deserves the job. And he has a, I think he has more of a leash to prove himself. Talk about the Houston Rockets, what you think needs to happen. And even if you think they should tank for a guy like Cade Cunningham in the draft, in order to kind of get back in that Western conference relevance again. Yeah. So the Rockets, you know, what, what happened happened. Uh, I love James Harden. I think he's generational talent. The, the media has been, you know, under undervaluing him for so long, but we weren't going to beat the Lakers this year. And I have no qualms with, with shipping Harden away. Uh, I do think we have to rebuild. Uh, the team now is not going to do it, but I do think that we are on the right track. Uh, Christian Wood, he is incredible. Uh, doesn't get the respect he deserves. After we traded Harden, I think we lost two in a row. Then we went ahead and went seven and eight or seven and one over an eight game span. Then Christian Wood goes out. And now we've lost 14 in a row. Uh, but, you know, I think we are tanking. Last night, uh, Wall, Oladipo, House, Gordon, Wood, Nawaba and Exum where all this is out like that is you can say they, they're all hurt but I mean I think you know we're, we're playing for the tank uh we also have uh let me get this right Kevin Porter Jr. who is just called him up from the G League in the two games that he's played he's been unreal uh and so I think the future looks bright and if you tank if you get one of those top four picks if it's outside of the fourth pick we lose that pick uh because of a, a swap deal we have with Miami but if you get that, that first pick and you can get Cade Cunningham, who I just watched fall out against Texas, he's, you know, he's going to be incredible. I think the Rockets are in a pretty good position. They got a lot of picks in the future. And I think, I think they can be, be pretty good over the next couple of years. Yeah, I agree with you. Cause I think what the thing is, if you guys could get Cade um, Cunningham, cause I think, you know, people are talking about guys like Evan Mobley, right? Jalen Suggs, who I think both of those guys are excellent prospects as well. I think with Cade though, right? Cade has an NBA feel for the game, right? I think look, Suggs does too, but Cade Cunningham, as you can see, he's, his size, his athleticism, the way he plays at his own pace. I think in Houston, he fits well because you have a lot of athletes and also guys who, you have different guys who fit different roles, right? Like Christian Wood can get 20 points a game. And I, I agree with you. I think he's been an emerging star. And I think if he stayed healthy and Houston was in playoff contention, he could have been an all-star this year. He was playing at that level. He was averaging 20-something points a game. I mean, the guy was, you know, shooting threes, getting by people, you know, active around the rim. But I think that with, with Houston, it's going to be, you know, it's like what the Knicks kind of have done for a while. I'm a Knicks fan. So 
it's been a big rebuild and the Knicks have started to turn around a little bit in the right direction. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Fernando Tatis uh, deal. So people looked at his, you know, his initial year last year and already deeming him as like this, you know, the, the next great player in baseball. He got paid, as you know, an a, absurd amount of money. Um, and look, based on last year, people are going to say that's, that's deserving of it. And some people are going to say it's, it's hard to put that deal right away because the fact that he's only really had one exceptional year and you don't know what he's going to do in the future as things transpire, right? Um, I want to hear your thoughts on that and kind of if you think the deal was worth it or you think, you know, that it was a little bit too much for a guy that, you know, just had one year of success. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a crazy deal. It is totally unprecedented. The The longest deal in MLB history before this was 10 years. This is a 14-year deal. I'm going to be 34 years old by the time this deal is up, which is, you know, crazy to think about. Uh, and like you said, like, he's played one real year and it was the shortened 60 game season. He's played 143 games in his total career, which is less than 162. Uh, so there are a ton of things to look at. The first is maybe for the Padres, this could be a great deal because in 14 years is $26 million a year, which I think is what his deal comes out to. That could be, you know, a normal amount that a good shortstop is getting. And by making that deal now kind of judging for inflation, you could be getting a great deal down the road. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just think it's hard to make this crazy deal, $340 million over 14 years after 143 games. Um, so, I mean, I just got to say good for you, Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, way to get the bag, you know, as a, as a 21 year old, you know, that that's incredible for you, but it's, there's a lot of things to think about and it's really early to be making a deal like this. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of my thoughts on it too. Like he had a lot of really great success, but he's 21. So they're saying, okay, we're banking on the future, but you never know how things are going to play out necessarily in a guy's career. Um, you know, let, let's talk about a little bit of what you've seen from spring training, right? And look, I know the season hasn't really officially started, right? But, you know, the, the, there's, I think spring training is always good to kind of see a little bit about how uh, teams are going to look a little bit. Um and I wanted to hear kind of, you know, your thoughts on what, how spring training's looked. And, and with that, your expectations for certain teams going forward this year, like, you know, do you think the Dodgers are going to repeat or do you think certain other teams are going to emerge? Talk a little bit about all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, spring training, it's so hard to, to get a gauge on just because like you'll have a lineup where you got three stars in the lineup and then the rest of the guys are, are total scrubs that probably won't even make the big leagues. So it's hard to really, you know, look at spring training and, and see that and try to, you know, think about how that's going to go during the year. Uh, but I think the MLB is really exciting this year. You got three teams who are kind of new up and coming, and that's the White Sox, the Padres and the Blue Jays. Uh, all those teams can be awesome. They got a ton of young talent. Uh, Tatis, who we just talked about, is on the Padres. Uh, Blue Jays, you know, they got... Biggio's, Craig Biggio's son, Vlad uh, Ger Guerrero's son, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, just, you know, a ton of, of young talent. So those are three teams that I think are going to be really good, really fun to watch. And then you also have your Yankees and Dodgers who are just, they have the biggest payrolls. They're, they're a great team. They got great players. They've been stacking up. Uh, and those teams are kind of, you got to sit and say, they're going to make the playoffs. They have to. I want to hear your opinion about this because look, I'm I'm a New Jersey guy, so I, I I've rooted for the Yankees, even though I'm more of a basketball and football guy. I have rooted for the Yankees in the past, but 
I feel like every year they always have enough talent to win a World Series, but the last couple of years they've they fell they've fallen short, right? To the Astros a couple of years, and last year they losing to Tampa Bay, and you know I, you know everyone hypes them up again, you know because they got you know di- you know different guys in in certain trades to come to New York again because of the hot of the high payroll they have, but I think the fact is I want to hear your opinion about do, like, do you legitimately see them as a World Series contender or do you think they're going to flame out again like they've had in the last couple of years? Because I mean to be honest, they have. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things about baseball, which is different than all the other sports, is that it is such a long season, and eventually you get to this point where, okay, you got a seven-game series, and anything can happen in a seven-game series. You know, your best pitcher who got you there, he can have a bad game, and then, you know, there's this, there's this element of luck that goes into a baseball series, which I think, you know, in basketball, there are always upsets. In football, there are upsets. But I feel like when I watch those playoff games, usually I expect the best teams to win. Whereas in baseball, there is this little element of luck and having a bunch of great pitchers uh, can help you there, which is why I think this year the Yankees are poised to do well. They got Garrett Cole. They got Severino, who's hurt right now, but think he'll be back in time for the playoffs. They have Domingo Herman, uh, Corey Kluber. So, you know, they are deep in the pitching staff. They have Aroldis Chapman. They have Zach Britton. They have Chad Green. A uh, lot of guys who can win you playoff games. And so I think, you know, if the Yankees are going to do it, uh, this is one of the years that, that, you know, they really should do it. They have the lineup, they have the pitching staff, but it's a seven game series, anything can happen. But I do see them finding their way into the ALCS and, and having the chance to make that run. What do you think about your Houston Astros? How do you feel about them this year? And, um, you know, look, obviously, look, they've been through, a lot with all the, yeah. the cheating scandals, right? Um, I've, I've talked to uh, Jack Harlan a little bit about that in the past, but talk a little bit about, um, you know, a little bit about kind of how you, what your expectations for um, the Houston Astros are. Yeah, I think the Astros are going to be good again. Uh, last year in the 60 game season, they, they weren't great, but then they turned it on in the playoffs. They were one ending away from making the World Series. Uh, just, you know, they, they did cheat in 2017. I'm not going to deny that. If you want to have that conversation, uh, you know, I, I totally admit the Astros cheat. I do think more, other, more teams cheated than just the Astros. Uh, but their lineup is just, they're stacked. Uh, and last year, they did what they did without Verlander. Uh, and so I do think with Verlander coming back, they're a team that's, that's going to be hard to beat. You got the Astros, you got the Yankees. Uh, you got the White Sox and you got the Blue Jays. Those are my four teams in the AL. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I think those are going to be the last four teams standing. Talk a little bit about kind of what you've been up to this semester for people who, um, you know, obviously Amherst students, there's some that are on campus at the moment. There's some like me who are just taking the entire year off. And, you know, there's people that are off campus or just, you know, kind of, you know, living at home or whatever. So to talk a little bit about what you're doing and, uh, a little bit also what you do for the Amherst student as well. Yeah. So uh, this semester, sophomores were told, you know, you're not going to be back on campus unless you petition. Uh, so some friends and I decided you know, this is a negative, but we're going to turn it into a positive. So we got a house out in Colorado for about five weeks. We went skiing on the weekends. That was a lot of fun. Now a friend and I are driving down to Arizona to watch some spring training games while we're taking classes online. I'll be in Houston for a week back home with my family. And then I'm going to fly back up uh, to the Northeast and do the rest of the semester there. So it's kind of a semester on the road, uh, but, you know, taking lemons, turning them into lemonade. 
it's it, it's been good. You know, I've been working for the student uh, as a sports editor. Uh, Mike, Mike here, you're you're one of my writers. Uh, but you know, that's been been a lot of fun picking out assignments, picking out uh, articles that you think are good ones to be written every week. Uh, being able to read all the work the students write, uh, that's that's a lot of fun and and that's that's made the semester pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I think that's all really interesting. Um, so my last thing before sort of like kind of wrap up everything here in a little bit, and I, I want you to go on a little bit is uh, give me some number one, I'm gonna ask three parts question, okay. right? Your World Series champion, a, uh, a bold prediction for something that like just a, a bold prediction about MLB this year that you have. And um, yeah, I think, I think the third thing is kind of just, um, you know, who do you think right now has the best, best pitching rotation in baseball? And those are, those are questions, obviously, that I didn't really give you ahead of time, but want to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, okay. Uh, champion, which I think goes with uh, rotation, uh, is I got to give it with, to the Padres. They are, they are so exciting. They got a new GM, and he came in, and he said, I am going to go create a winning team. And they went out and just started making trade after trade. Uh, now their rotation, they have you Darvish, who, you know, is incredible. Blake Snell, who's incredible. They have Joe Musgrove, who used to be on the Astros for a little bit, learned a lot from Verlander, uh, Chris Paddock, and Mike Clevinger, who are all guys that can just win ball games. Uh, and they just have a lot of talent. They got Manny Machado at third base, Fernando Tatis at shortstop, Eric Hosmer at first base, uh, Austin Nola at first place, Jake Cronenworth. Uh, so they just have a lot of guys in that order. Uh, and that's my champion. That's who I see winning. I think they have the best rotation. One bold take I'll give you. Uh, Astros center fielder, Miles Straw, is going to lead the league in steals this year. Uh, I see him having 40 steals. He's going to be in the nine hole behind Martin Maldonado, who is a catcher who is out, who, you know, great defensive guy, but is, he gets out all the time, almost never finds his way to first base. Uh, so because of that, he's going to be batting without, I think people aren't going to be in front of him on the bases. Uh, he's going to be leading off a lot. He's a really speedy guy. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I was just wondering that. So Ethan, I want to appreciate you for joining the podcast and, uh, appreciate all the baseball insight. Also, you know, appreciate the, uh, editing tips on my, uh, articles I write for the Amherst student and, um, you know, Obviously, hopefully the Houston uh, sports situation gets a little bit better with uh, at least the Texans uh, situation there. But thanks again for coming on and uh, enjoy those spring training games. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. Uh, keep doing well. Are you in New York right now? New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Jersey. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do well up in New Jersey. Uh, hope to see you back on campus next year. Go to some games. See you in the post. See those post moves you've been working on. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it, man. All right. You have a good one. All right, have a good one, Mike. If you like that clip, subscribe to Shred Takes Podcasts for more content and videos uploaded on this channel.